When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Today, we're going to jump right into the fire. My top five offensive players, and I have an honorable mention group, too, okay? I'm going to go through my honorable mention, and then I'll give you my top five from bottom, from five to one, okay? My honorable mention are Vinny Johnson, Detroit Pistons, the microwave. Remember Vinny? Vinny? Oh, yeah. Actually, virtually unstoppable, but just a, a headache. The late, great Mike Mitchell from the Spurs. Small forward, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, Mike was. Could shoot over a lot of big guys. Well, actually, he's 6'9". I give him a little bit on that, okay? He, he's, he's so underrated, too, you think, historically. Oh, so underrated. Uh, I mean, everybody yeah, thinks about Gervin. The reason why I put Kobe in here is because people got to realize is I was his first NBA defensive player he ever played against. Now, luckily, I never had to play against Kobe because it probably would have been another headache, and they didn't have enough Advil to get rid of my headache trying to guard Kobe. But Kobe was a tough one, too. So you were I there when, when Kobe came in as an 18-year-old defending I him. Had him. Well, 17. 17-year-old. 17 17-year-old. Michael you Jordan. Were defi- wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. And so you were the – so they put. They were like, hey, Coop, get on this kid. Like, was that like the I gauge of how good he was? Workout. When he came and worked out for the Lakers, I was guarding him. Now I was over the hill a little bit. Like, actually, I was down the hill going – but I had to guard the guy. Right, this is a prime. One of the toughest players at that age, I, I, I knew he was going to be good, just coming from another player, player respect factor, because he was able to do things uh, that some guys that are 26, 27-year-old couldn't do. Right. He was doing this at 17. So Was, that, was, was uh, that because he was smart and, and athletic and, like, ha- had the abilities? He knew his way on the court, and he knew that greatness. Like I say, one of the things about great players is it doesn't matter what type of defense you put on them, they are going to get to their sweet spot, or Reggie Miller called it the other day, which I love, the kill spot. kill spot. They're going to get to that spot and get their shot off. Now, whether they hit it or not, it doesn't matter because they, they're taking their shot. As a defensive player, I wanted to take you away from your, your kill spot 
Because if I can make you shoot the ball one foot from where you want it to be at, then I'm I'm the most successful one. And Kobe had that ability at that early age. Everything, and I pushed him hard. I was working him hard and, and bumping and banging on him. And he was still able to get to his shot. Now, he didn't hit every one. Well, he hit a high percentage. I'd say eight, eight out of eight out of ten, he had 80 of them. So <laughs> he was special. Michael Jordan. And the only reason I put Michael Jordan on the honorable mention is because MJ, I'm so glad I didn't catch him as an older player because as he learned how to play this game, he became more fundamentally sound, more precise, more focused, more attention to detail, and became a real, real migraine headache back then, okay? So that's why MJ, I call a young MJ who was just athletic. He tried to jump over you for a jump shot. He didn't care where he shot the ball from. He was going to raise up, and it didn't matter what you did because you weren't going to get up high enough to block his shot, so... That's why he's here. So Jordan, so Jordan didn't, like, the way you talk about Kobe is he had it both, the athleticism but the smarts, uh, right away at 17. You're saying Jordan grew into that more? J- Jordan grew into his more. Uh, I think he was still a phenomenal player. Right. But he was just an athletic player. Jordan became that real solid basketball player as he got older. And, you know, when your athleticism diminishes a little bit, then you've got to revert to different things. And that's when you really become a very good basketball player. That's LeBron is such a force now because it's not, and he makes the game seem so easy now. LeBron, the way he played, as opposed to when he was young and he's just coming down the floor, jumping over you and dunking on you. Um, and then last but not least would be Dr. J. Wait, hold hold on one second though. Was Jordan as good of a trash talker back then too? Jordan never talked trash against me. He might have against other Ooh, people. Ooh, because he's a uh, he trash no, talker. Because, uh, you know what, I wasn't too much of a trash talker, but I was going to let my defense do my talking. So Jordan would play. Uh, most of the time I played, but, you know, I didn't hear what he was saying to Byron Scott because I wasn't a starter. I called him after he heated up, and then I had to calm him down. <laughs> you were a trash talker? You, 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 I think you sound like you were a big-time trash talker on the court. Oh, I was. I was. But there were certain players you knew that wasn't, that wasn't going to bother them. Yeah. You know, uh, like Magic. That master class lets you learn from the best with exclusive access to online classes taught by the masters. You know what? I tried the Steph Curry master class program, and I let my son watch it, and I kind of went through it. What an awesome uh, uh, episode that we got a chance. Steph teaches you all the weird things you do, like dribbling with a basketball, throwing a tennis ball in the air. I didn't know you could do that, but, again, if that makes your ball handling. I always dribble two basketballs, but he did that too. Um, Masterclass is an app accessible on your phone, web, or Apple TV that offers classes of a wide variety of topics. I'm a cook, so I'm going to go on there and look at some of the cooking classes. But the other class I looked at was Herbie Hancock, one of the greatest pianists that's ever played. Herbie has some classes on there. And whenever I get this, these two fingers together, kind of work with my other ones, if I can get these two to work like that, I'd be a great pianist, I believe, because my hands are big. Uh, but Herbie has some great classes on there. You can do that. And because I don't move around too much right now, and I'm more of a couch potato, but I did used to play tennis. And when I want to get my backhand together, I'm going to go on and look at Serena Williams' class because I know she got a backhand. That one that fires down the line, the classes that they teach there, it's such fun looking at these pros teach other people and giving back. Master class. Get it? Got it? Good. You were a trash talker? You, 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 I think you sound like you were a big-time trash talker on the court. Oh, I was. I was. But there were certain players you knew that, weren't, that wasn't going to bother them. 
Yeah. You know, uh, like Magic, I heard people talking trash to him. That didn't bother Magic. I, Bird, Michael George, George Gervin. It does me no good talking trash to them because they're going to do what they want. So instead of using that extra energy of blowing hot air in their face and bad breath in their face, then I'm going to use that energy <laughs> to bang on them a little bit more and keep them away from that, that tough spot, okay? So my best offensive players, my five, top five, coming from five on up, Alex English. The reason why Alex English was so tough, first of all, because they played up in the damn altitude, and it was hard to catch your breath up there. And Alex was thin like myself, real wiry, and he had a weird shot that he shot it way over the top of his head, and it was hard to block. So what you could do with Alex is bump on him a little bit, but Alex was going to give you 30 one way or the other. Whether his team won or lost, Alex English was going to give you 30. Number four, and we're going to have him on our show, and I'm going to let him know about it, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Oh, shit. Anybody that gave me 25 on a bad ankle is a bad mother. Shut your mouth, Coop. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah Thomas was a force, man. Isaiah was, could handle the ball real well, had that flashy street style of play. And I, I, you know what? I'm so glad I didn't have to ever play against Allen Iverson. I think he would have been that kind of nightmare. Did you guys know how that he had a broken ankle? Yeah, we knew he was hurt. Like but the broken, no, bad. I, I was trying not to step on it, although I tried a couple of times. But he was pretty good at avoiding that and still hitting shots. <laughs> <laughs> because number of course, because of course you are, because of course you're going to, of course. Number number three, I can't finger roll George Gervin, and George Gervin was one man that um, the Iceman Cummins was just a unique. And you know what? You could never ruffle him. And we had George on the show and. You just never could ruffle him. You just couldn't get him out of his game. Ice. He was going to cool. do he was what he was cool. going to do. He was just cool. He's ice. Yeah. And he was He's truly, uh, and somebody had said this about Bird, when you look into his eyes, it's like looking into a sass, an assassin. That's, that was Gervin, a silent assassin. He's going to do his thing. And, you know, Gerv never really, he, Gerv was funny, funny about his shit talking. Uh, you know, he would go like, uh, he score on you, and you look at him and stuff like that. He'd go, uh, thought you was going to get that one, huh, young fella? <laughs> <laughs> Which I fucking hated, man. I hated that. <laughs> anyway, number two is Andrew Tony, Southwest Louisiana, man. Andrew came with the, the six, uh, Sixers, and had he not tore his Achilles, that kid, man, was probably the hardest guy, hard and, and physical Usually on defense, you got the chance to bump. Andrew was bumping you on offense. He was making you feel his elbows and stuff on offense. And it wasn't an offensive foul, but he was letting you feel him. And Andrew was a different kind of player, had a weird shot too, but he was a hardballer, man. And uh, last but not least would be my all-time favorite, Larry Bird, and simply because you can never rest when you're out there on the floor with him, on offense or defense. Uh, although he did come up, come on, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Shoot it, Coop, shoot it. And I bust on him when I had my 30 on it like that. I said, yeah, you can guard me. And he just gave me that Larry Bird look and was like, okay, I'll get your ass at the other end. <laughs> what was your approach to him? I mean, it's obviously famous how Larry Bird said you were the greatest defensive player I ever won against. What was your approach against him defensively? Like, what, Was it different than other players? It wasn't about talking. It was just about trying to get through screens and try to get him out. My job was just to force him out a foot or two beyond the three-point line. 
And we're talking about back then, that's still a long shot. But Larry had the strength and upper body strength. And just yeah, a did. player. And I knew if I could get him to put on the floor, he didn't have that kind of game where between the legs, behind the back, uh, crossover like Kobe and these players had now. Larry was going to see one, two, three-bounce dribble, pull up for a jumper, or pump fake you and get you to foul him. So my goal with Larry was to hopefully make him put the ball on the floor, then I have a better job of containing him. Mm-hmm. I got a segment of the show that I usually give everybody else. I'm going to call it my unsung heroes. Okay. I, I'm not a better. Are you a better, Ari? I'm not uh, a better. I'm a bad. I've sometimes. never really been a gambler. A little yeah. bit. Sometimes, yeah. I don't know, but you know what? Visit betonline.ag to check out all the odds, up-to-date sports news. Don't forget to sign up and take advantage of all the welcome back sports bonuses for you. Bet online, your online wagering experts. I'll bet with your money, Coop. What? I'll bet with your. I'll, bet, I'll do some sports gambling with your money. No, 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 no. I, that's <laughs> what I do. When I, when I used to go up to Vegas and we played blackjack, I mean, uh, uh, craps, and I would take like. and I was actually pretty good at that. Once I won, I put my money in my pocket, and then I played with their money. And once, if I lost for some reason, okay, I'm going to lose my money. That's how I am. (laughs) The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be in a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and win totals to team players and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opener bonuses today and start off wagering on win totals, divisions, and championship futures today. Head to BetOnline online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And my unsung heroes, my first one goes to Pistol Pete Maravich. You know what? Kids today don't have a clue on what that guy was doing in the 70s playing basketball. You remember Pistol had the floppy socks? And I actually, before I started wearing my socks up long, I'd get my uncle's socks and I would stretch them out so they would be flopping down by my shoe. And he had that. Pete had a game like kids are playing today. Pete Maravich had that game back at LSU in college, and then he brought it to the uh, to the pros, uh, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, then he ended up his career with the Boston Celtics, and I actually had a chance to play against him his last season, but his knees were so shot that he was just a shell of himself. But Pistol Pete Maravich, for people that don't know who that guy was, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself because Pistol Pete and this guy was getting 60 in college and in the pros before the three-point line came out. So just imagine what he would have done. His average would have been in college at LSU where his dad was his coach, and he had the, like, ultra, ultra green light there, man. He'd shoot whatever he wanted to. If he wanted to kick it up there, he could kick it. So Pete Maravich is my first unsung hero. So you, you're saying he's – like, would you say he's kind of like a – it was like Steph Curry before Steph Curry is what you're trying to say? Uh, I would say so. Not with the quickness, because Pete did things in his own but, little slinky way. But you're, you're, what you're saying is like, because you mentioned like, you know, he's he was doing the guys are doing now, but way before. Yeah. So he, what that means is just unbelievable shooter. Unbelievable shooter, great moves. He's a he was a heck of a passer. Great ball handling skills, like Curry. He could dribble a ball between his legs, behind his back, and he had a whole bunch of techniques. So yeah, I would say that that's a good analogy, At. Yeah. Uh, Pete Maravich was like a. 
uh, well, uh, taller Steph Curry because uh, Steph is what six one, six two. Right. Mr. Pete was like six four, six five. So with a with a three point line in college, he would have averaged fifty seven points a game. Yeah, and, and that and with with high games of about seventy or eighty because he them game them games where he really got it going, mm. he's nervous to light you up, man. My second unsung hero, Tiny Nate Archibald, and people don't realize how good. This young man, picture this. Picture Allen Iverson as a left-hander. That's who Nate was like, really fast, quick. Once he got to the Celtics, his game slowed down a little bit, but still was that force, great ball handler. His best years was at uh, when they was at Kansas City Royals back then, with uh, which is the Sacramento Kings. He played for Kansas City, was just a uh, man. He was very good. Nate could score, too, left-handed shoot deep threes, quick getting to the basket, and you know what? Wasn't afraid to fight. Nate be the first one to drop the ball. What you got for me, huh? What you got? <laughs> he coaches in the big three, and we have a lot of laughs because I got a chance to guard Nate. But, again, as you get older, injuries can really mess up your game. So I caught him. Uh, thank God I caught him when he was a little injury prone back then. My third person would be Marcus Johnson, Los Angeles Hero here in Los Angeles, went to Crenshaw High School, played for UCLA, was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, ended his career with the L.A. Clippers. Marcus was uh, probably one of the first true 6'9", do all, everything. Because back then at 6'9", you were looked upon as like the late Maurice Lucas as a power forward. Marcus was more like a shooting guard in a 6'9 person body. Good handles, could jump over the gym. Uh, could do everything, shoot right, right hand, left handed, uh, just a phenomenal player Marcus Johnson was. And then obviously as we get injured, those things go downhill. But uh, Marcus was an unsung hero to me, okay? My other one, JoJo White, played for the Boston Celtics. And JoJo was a unique player, had a weird game, and it always looked like even when he was walking, because his feet were moving so fast, like he was always running. JoJo was like, he, and he was like skating when he played basketball. He came down the floor, dribbling down the floor. And, uh, but the, the nicest guy, JoJo White was the nicest guy, had a funny little weird shot that he would shoot, knock it down. He was definitely at that 14, 15-foot jumper. But JoJo uh, could play a good defensive player. And in the 60s and 70s, they let him play with your hands. And JoJo had big hands, too. And talking about your hip bone, JoJo would attach that hook to your hip bone. You wouldn't be able to move. He would take you wherever you wherever you. He wanted you to go, not where you go. JoJo White was a phenomenal player. He's a Jayhawk. The great JoJo White was the great University of Kansas. You know where all the great basketball players go. What's that word you say? <laughs> Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, uh, bless you, bless you. Uh, anyway, my other son, unsung hero, Derek Fisher. Uh, Derek Fisher was a player that kind of like myself, just a utility player, played for the team, but was real adept. Uh, he was Arkansas, right? Yeah. He was a Razorback, yeah. yeah. A lefty. I wasn't real fond of left-handed players, so Nate Archibald and, and Derek are only two. You notice I got on here lefties. Uh, I didn't like left-handed players because it's like the reverse of you. So every time you went up to shoot on his hand, he shoot with the other hand. I'm trying to block on your right hand. But uh, Fisher, big-time shot. Uh, he went to Arkansas Little Rock. 
Arkansas Little yeah, Rock. Arkansas Little Rock. That's it. But a great player. Uh, came in as a shooting guard, learned how to be that one guard, and was a perfect, perfect, perfect complimentary piece to Kobe Bryant. I thought those two played extremely well in the backcourt. Fitz did some ball handling, but he was there to pass to Kobe so Kobe could pass back to him because Fitz said, I can shoot too. <laughs> so I don't think you guys were similar as players, but you guys have had very similar – so he's the head coach of the Sparks right now currently. That's right. <laughs> And and you mentioned he was a great complimentary piece to those Kobe teams. I think most would say the same thing about you. You were the perfect complement to those Showtime teams. So again, I don't think your games were similar, mm-hmm. but you guys have some. There's some. There's some similarities there between between Coop and, and, and uh, Fish. Fish won five championships too. I think. Yeah, I think you're right. I think four. you're right. Yeah, five anyway. But he got a way to catch up because until he wins, helps the Sparks win a championship, he's gonna always be behind me, baby. Fish, I love you, but stay behind, okay? Five. Uh, and last Five but not least, my other unsung hero. But no, but no WWE championships as a coach, right? Not yet, but he's coming. He got a good team this year. They're he doesn't have Lisa Leslie, though. <laughs> <laughs> no Lisa Leslie. <laughs> pressure, Fisher. There's pressure on you. And uh, last but not least is my boy, Kurt Rambis. And the reason why I put Kurt on this team is because Kurt went to Santa Clara. Uh... Kurt was a very good scorer up there. He was a banger to ultimately do everything. His job was just to be a banger. But of all the people, other than myself, Kurt really adhered to his role with the Lakers. Uh, as I tell you how people uh, take shots, you know, when it's not your shot, there's a reason why you're open. If Kurt Rambis was wide open from the three-point line, it doesn't matter what time was on the clock, he was always looking to do the right thing with the ball. That wasn't his shot. So he played his role to the utmost. I really believe had Kurt not been on any of our Laker teams, we would never have won a championship. It, it was because Kurt did those type of things. And um, and he was so quirky. The, he was a, huh? he's a weird he's a weird dude, right? He's quirky. No, that that weird thing. Weird. He was weird. That fucker was weird. <laughs> he was on another level of weird. I don't even think they have a word for him. But uh, Kurt was an interesting guy, and, and he, he loved his role as Superman, Clark Kent. Uh, he had his own little cult following. They wore big, thick glasses, and you know what? Kurt, Kurt played to that too, man. He, he, you know, and I, and I love Kurt Rambis, a great teammate. Um, could talk about anything. Kurt could talk about any subject, no matter what it was, any subject, and hold his own. And just a funny, good guy, man. Kurt Rambis with that. So there you have it, another episode of Showtime with Coop. And as we always say, or I'm going to always tell you, continue to take it to the hoop.